you to open your Bibles for this week's message, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11, and Luke chapter 17, verse 1. Proverbs 19, 11, and Luke chapter 17. I'm also going to take some context uh, from 2 Samuel chapter 13, but it's multiple chapters, so I'm just going to summarize the story for you uh, later on. So I want you to take good notes. I want you to have your Bible app open uh, because we're a church that takes good notes. We're a church that follows along and is engaged. Don't just be hearers of the word. Be doers of the word, right? The reason you're sometimes disengaged in church is because you're not engaged. <laughs> so just engage yourself in the process. Uh, a preaching is not, a one, is not a, just a monologue. This is time to preach and teach and to watch the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit at work. And so uh, we're going to look at these scriptures. We talked about last week understanding, wisdom, sound judgment, and how that uh, uh, takes care of us and provides for us. In Proverbs chapter 19, 11, just to segue from that into today's message, it says, A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Everybody say offense. Now turn to your neighbor and say, I'm offended. <laughs> right? And we're going to talk, we showed last week, we're going to talk about how to fill our mind. This week is about guard our heart. And next week's about restoring our soul. And today I want to help you lose your captivity. I'm going to lose my captivity is the title of today's message. And today we're going to gain our freedom. Some of us have been living in, in captivity for a day for a week, a month, a year, 10 years, 20 years. It's time to be free. And I believe that there are many here today and online that are going to gain their freedom today, if you want it. You know, the thing about freedom is it's, it's up to you if you want it. It's up to you if, if you want to just go ahead and continue to be frustrated, if you want to go ahead and continue to be captive. A lot of the times the ties that bind us are held by us. And when we decide to let them go, it's amazing how freedom comes. It's amazing how quickly life changes. And we're going to talk about that today. And I want to show you how to be free. So Luke chapter 17, verse 1. I'm going to read the NIV, then the New King James Version, because you're going to see it in two, a few different ways in your Bible, depending on what version you have. It says, he said to the disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. Okay, that's huge. But woe to anyone through who they come. In other words, woe to anybody who gets an offense and then continues to be offended and hurt. Because verse, and, and look at the New King James, it says, then he said to his disciples, it is impossible, impossible. This is Jesus talking. It is impossible that no offenses should come. This is Jesus. Jesus is saying that it is impossible to live your life without offense. Somebody's like, duh. I, I've been living life and I've been offended a lot. Right? And he says, but be careful, but woe to those who come through. Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. Offended people, offend people. Yeah. You're going to continue to live in this until you decide to be free of it. The number one, uh, because really when you talk about offense, and let me just give you the simple definition of offense. It's a trap or a trigger for a trap. That's literally the, the Greek translation of this definition. You, you imagine the little box, right? And the stick that props it up. And then there's just the stick waiting for the little animal, the rabbit or whatever, to trip the, the trigger and then catch it and captivate it. That, that's literally what offense means. It's the trigger before the trap. It's the trip before the pit. They just put a little trip wire, and then pretty soon you're falling into a pit because you've decided not to just be offended but to live in offense. 
And so we're going to talk about offense today because, man, some of those words I just said are all, all too well known. Trigger, <laughs> trigger words, right? There's a phobia for everything nowadays. Uh, there's an offense for every direction. Uh, there's a trigger for every circumstance. Oh, you just triggered me. And we're just like, we're offended at everything. We're, we're, there's something wrong, right? How many know what I'm talking about? It's poison to our heart. That's why he says, guard your heart. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Be careful because offenses are going to come. They're going to come like a wave that doesn't stop. It's going to happen. But how you respond to offenses, I'm going to show you why it's so important to not live in offense. And then I'm going to show you how to not live in offense today. But I'm here to tell you, man, I, I, offense comes all the time. <laughs> and, and, and I'm human, too. I, it happens to me all, a, a, a ton. I had people for a long time, because I'm 35, we're in our first year of being senior pastors, and, but I've been preaching since I was 13. I've been doing full-time ministry since I was 18. And no matter, oh, like I could quote my resume and talk about how much I've done, and still people are like, he's a bit young, you know? Normally, I have people come up to me, and they're like, they're, 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 they hear the message, and they're their first-time guests, and they're like, man, that was a great word, and, but you're so young. And I'm like, you had a good compliment going, and then you came around to the other side. Or, or they normally say, like, if they've been here for a while, I've had this happen before, they're, they're always like, oh, my gosh, your preaching has gotten so much better. And I'm like, thank you. You know, I don't know what to say about that. And let me just tell you, if, my pre if you don't like my preaching, you can go somewhere else. And I'm not saying that as an offensive statement. I'm saying there's probably somebody out there you like. Why, why live in a city that you don't love? Why go to a church that you don't like? Why listen to a preacher you don't want to hear? Go be happy. Go be happy. Uh, I, on social media, we see it all the time. We posted a post. Okay, I'm going to share about this. I'm going to go there. We shared a post about Cain's chicken. We're going to give away free gift cards tonight to see. It's first 50 that come through the door because we want to invite new people. And we want new people to get saved. And we want to make it easy for everybody in our church to be like, hey, dude, they're giving away free chicken. You know, you can get a free Cane's chicken. Everybody loves Cane's. Everybody loves the bread. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. It's like, chicken's good, but the bread. Right? And we were, we're, we're just giving away 50, first 50 that come through the door. Well, we had some hate mail coming, like, how dare you? This is bribery. This is not Jesus-centered. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. We're just feeding people when they come. I could have sworn Jesus fed 5,000 with some fish and some bread. I, I, I'm just, I'm just I'm thinking of the Bible. And then they continue to be like, I can't believe you would do this. I mean, how, this is supposed to be all about you. I'm like, oh, aren't we supposed to share the gospel with people? And how can they hear the gospel if they're not invited? How can, they, how can they be invited unless someone goes, unless someone invites? Oh, wait, I think I'm quoting a scripture. Oh, yeah, I am. Romans. And so on top of that, I, I, I mean, okay, I, I can tell, I'm telling you right now, in the moment, this is what I'm thinking. I got offended. And I was like, oh, how dare they? And I started, like, rattling off scriptures, like, oh, I'm going to prove them wrong. And I was going to type up this whole long thing. And then I was like, you know what? And then also I was like, e Proverbs, Solomon, the wisest man in the world, said, compel them to come into the house of God. I was like, that's all we're doing. I got chicken, people. And if you don't like that, I was like, man, if they don't like this, wait till we announce about the helicopter. I was like, their head is going to explode. 
This is going to be bad. Right? And I wanted to, whew, man, I, in the moment. I, but I had the choice. I had the choice to perpetuate offense or to woosah. Overcome it. Overcome it. I, I don't really appreciate how God always loves to give me an opportunity for an illustration for every message, but it does help. What are we talking about right now? Let me tell you, offense is the number one way to remain captive in your life. I see it all the time. It's the poison for your heart. It's the poison for your life. We drink it expecting the other person who did us wrong to die. Offense, offense is the trigger for the trap of your life. I feel like somebody's going to get free today. You're not going to live in that trap anymore. You're not going to live in that pit anymore. Because what we tend to do is we just kind of, we get, we get trapped in the pit. And we think, I'm going to dig my way out. And we just keep digging our problem. And we keep getting deeper into our issue. And cycling into our issue. Causing hurt for hurt, pain for pain, wound for wound, trap for trap. And we just continue to dig. They're, they're, it's a deadly game. And I don't want to play it. And I don't think you should either. If offense is what tries to bind us, then forgiveness is what sets us free. If it's offense that binds us, tries to hold you captive, then it's forgiveness that sets us free. And I know that's a, that's a, that's a thought right now. Some of you are like, you're gripping, you're, you're squeezing your hand tight, your heart starts beating 100 miles an hour. You're like, I am not forgiving them. And I don't blame you. I really don't. And you know what? You have good reason. But I'm going to show you how to not live in a place where only you're the one paying the price. Where you're the only one who has to endure more uh, of being the victim and being where someone attacked you and somehow you're still getting beat up. It was their fault. But let me let me tell you, I'm going to share another story with you. In 2 Samuel chapter 13, it begins a process of a story. You ever, you know, everybody know King David? King David had many sons and many daughters from different wives. Ammon and Tara were a son and daughter. Ammon wanted his sister. So he raped his sister because she wouldn't give herself to him. And you know what happened? Another brother got mad. He saw his sister, Tara, uh, Tamara, get, uh, get raped. And what happened is, uh, is he said, come here. She put ashes on her. She tore her clothes. And this is for a late, let me just touch on one thing. For thousands of years, women have been told, uh, this is what he told her. He said, don't tell anybody because it's a disgrace to our whole family that you got raped. This is what he told her. For thousands of years, women have been told that. And, and, and we need to correct some things, and, and I'm going to handle that later. But let me just tell you, men, we need to be the men we're called to be. It's not their shame. They don't own that. We do. We need to fix some things. So anyway, so then he, he, he rapes his sister, and then uh, we've got uh, Absalom who takes his sister in and says, come here, I got you. And then he takes the offense in, and the offense festers, and it becomes bitterness becomes anger, becomes hatred. He hates that his brother raped his sister. And then what happens? What does he do? Absalom keeps this in there. And all of a sudden he calls his brother to a secret meeting and his father allows him and he kills his brother. But in the meantime, it's been two years that his father's been sitting on the throne and hasn't done anything. So now he's mad at his father. 
He's mad at his brothers. He's mad at everybody around him. Now the anger has festered, and now he's not only killing his brother, killed him, now wants to kill more. Now he goes to the top of the rooftop of the palace of David, and he pitches a tent up there, and he begins to bring all of David's women up there and rape them one by one in front of the whole city. The very thing that he hated, he became. The very thing that he was offended by, all of a sudden he started acting in. Let me just tell you, offense isn't just going to kill you. Offense is going to destroy you. Hey, young man, your parents are right up here in the front. I I, I want you to hear me now. Let's not be distracted. I I want you to hear me. Offense, I'm telling you. You ever heard this before? Let's let's bring it to a lighter note. That was really deep, okay? So uh, you ever heard this? Man, I'm becoming my father. Right? You, all of a sudden, you say a statement, and you sound just like dad, or you sound just like your mother, or you sound, or all of a sudden, you swore you would never treat, you, you would never do that or say that to your kids. All of a sudden, you find yourself saying that very thing, doing that very thing. Let me tell you, when you harbor offense, it's not too long before you'll become the offense you've taken. We think by getting a hatred for it and getting an anger for it and getting offended and unforgiven by it, we think we'll keep it the farthest from us. But let me tell you, you're really making it your closest ally. And you're making it a part of who you are. And it's going to destroy you and everything around you if you're not careful. The very thing, the very thing that you got offended by from that other friend, from that church, from that last marriage, from that other business, from that old employer, if you harbor unforgiveness, you're going to become what you hate. And that's, man, nobody wants that. It's time to let go. And you know what? This is how I like to put it. There are times when I feel like I've said, yeah, I forgive him, I forgive him. But every chance I get an opportunity to forgive even more, I do it. I'm not going to allow an opportunity for the enemy to get a foothold in my life, to hold me captive to anything. Let me show you how to be free. How to live free of offense. Number one, I want you to write this down. Receive forgiveness. Before you can give anything, you got to receive. In fact, you can't give what you don't have. How can you give forgiveness if you don't have any in you? (laughs) Right? Simple math. But let me tell you, we ought to wake wake up every day, go to bed every night. Lord, forgive me. I receive forgiveness. I need forgiveness in my life. And I want to show you three simple little areas within this point that you need to receive forgiveness from. Three different directions. Number one, you need to receive from God. Many want this, but few walk in it. We need to walk in forgiveness from God. We need to receive forgiveness from Him. That's how we begin everything. Lord, forgive me for my sins. Lord, I forgive me. In fact, when you look in Exodus, you look all the way back in Exodus because God has been the same God yesterday, today, and forever. You look at the 13 attributes of mercy in chapter 37 where the glory of God passed before Moses and he told Moses, he said, look, I forgive you for sin you knowingly commit and you unknowingly committed. Did you know that there are sins that you commit every day that you had no idea you committed? And why not go to bed and say, hey, you know what, God, forgive me. I don't even know if I offended them, if I did this, if I did that, but Lord, forgive me. The second one is this. This is a difficult one. Is you need to forgive yourself. You need to receive forgiveness from yourself. Some of the mistakes you've made, some of the errors that you've made in your life, some of the pitfalls you've had, you've been beating yourself over and over. You've been beating yourself up too much. You've carried around this stick, and every time you know you feel bad, every time something goes wrong, you just beat yourself up again. 
And God's saying, hey, it's time to put that down and forgive yourself. This is probably one of the hardest areas because few permit themselves to do this. And many refuse to forgive themselves. You have to forgive yourself. Can I give you permission today in your heart? I know this is a quiet moment. I want you to receive this. Forgive yourself. And then number three, receive forgiveness from others. Before the words, I forgive you, ever leave your lips, you ought to say, please forgive me. That song we listened to, I was wrong. (laughs) Uh, When was the last time we said that? I was wrong. My fault. My bad. I'm sorry. I apologize. Some of the most powerful words you can say in your vocabulary, yet we rarely ever use them. Let me just tell you, before you, I was at a spiritual gathering of a handful of people, and I won't say where or who, um, but they turned and they said, hey, you know what? We're just going to take a moment to forgive each other. So just turn to each other and say, I forgive you. What we just did in that, I was like, what are we doing? Like, I'm just walking over to you, and I'm giving you the blame, but I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to forgive you. I just took authority over their life and over their heart instead of allowing them to forgive me first. Let me just tell you, you're not here to say, hey, don't worry, I forgive you. You know, come on, who's married out there? That's the quickest way to start the argument back over again. You have a little tiff, you have a little argument, and you come back and you're like, walk up to your wonderful wife, you're like, hey, don't worry, I forgive you. (laughs) Y'all are laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. It would be like, boo, (laughs) I'm like, oh, 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 you forgive me, okay? We started all over, now we're back to square one. Let me tell you, you, you need to receive forgiveness. What's wrong with saying I'm sorry? What's wrong with saying I apologize? What's wrong with saying, hey, look, will you forgive me? In fact, I, I encourage you, that's the greater statement. Will you forgive me? Too many people say I'm sorry. Let me just tell you, you're, you're not sorry until you say you give them permission to forgive you. Will you forgive me? You're not allowing them the opportunity to say, oh, Lord, I, I forgive you. You're just assuming they do. Say, so say, will you forgive me? Number two is this. Let it go and let God. Let go and let God. A lot of times uh, what we're doing is we're, we have a chokehold on somebody and we're like, I forgive you, okay? And, and we're, we're, we, what we do is we, we need to let go of the control. We need to let go of running it. We need to let go of being in charge. And when you say, okay, God, I'm just going to trust you. Vengeance isn't mine. I'm not here to even the scales. Uh, I'm I'm here to trust God, and I'm here to let go. Forgiveness doesn't excuse. I want somebody to hear this. Forgiveness doesn't excuse their behavior. It prevents their behavior from destroying your heart. What you're doing by letting it go is simply allowing yourself to not be destroyed by it. 2 Timothy verse 2. I want you to write this scripture down. 2 Timothy verse 2, 24 through 26 says this. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. But must be kind to everyone. Who? Everyone. Able to teach. Not resentful. And I love this part. Verse 25. Opponents. (laughs) Opponents must be gently instructed. Adversaries. Somebody who's against you. This is the big key part, though. He says, gently instructed in the hope that God will what? Grant them repentance. Leading them to a knowledge of the truth. And that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil 
who has taken them captive to do his will. What are, the, what are a lot of times, but I'm telling you what, what a lot of people do is this. I forgive them. Oh, yeah, I release them right to the devil they're playing with. And we're like, oh, God's going to deal with them. God's going to handle them. God, vengeance, fire is coming down. You know, we're, we want to pray like damnation over somebody when something happens to us. Yet God says, no, 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 no. You need to pray that they repent to me because I'm the only one who can fix them. I don't know what hurts you've come through in your life, but you need to pray that God, you turn them over to God. You turn them over to the Lord and say, okay, God. And, and this is the key. This is, I want you to read this. This is the key to understanding if you've truly forgiven somebody. That you can say, man, I hope they find the Lord and truth and repentance. And they're released from that snare that the enemy's got them in. Man, I pray. That's huge. Let it go and let God. Number three. Forgive freely and forgive sincerely. Forgive freely and forgive sincerely. Uh, you need to forgive freely. Forgive generously. Pray for those who curse you. Love those who curse you. Because freely you have received, so freely give. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. I needed forgiveness. You needed forgiveness. We all needed forgiveness. We all need forgiveness on a continual basis, and we ought to give forgiveness just as freely as we received. And we ought to give it sincerely. Let me give you this. There is no love without forgiveness, and there is no forgiveness without love. You have to be sincere with a sincere, loving heart, not, I forgive you, you know? My little baby brother, I'm nine years older than him, and when he was four years old, cute little guy, I would be babysitting sometimes, and so uh, I'd be watching him, and he would steal a toy from a kid, or he'd hit me, you know, and tell me no, and I'm like, hey, whoa, whoa, Nathaniel. I was like, you say you're sorry, and he'd say, I'm sorry, and I was like, no, 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 you say you're sorry nicely, and he goes, I'm sorry nicely. <laughs> It was the cutest thing, and then we kind of, but it was, it, it's, it, it, ba see, little babies can't hide it. Adults, we learn to do it. We say, hey, I forgive you, with a smile. Oh, yeah, I forgive you. Yeah, 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 it's all good. No worries. No problem. But let me tell you, you need to come before the Lord sincerely. It's okay. Let, let me just, I know I'm t talking to a deep place in your heart, and let me tell you, when you come from a place of sincerity, when you come from a place of true repentance, the Bible says that's where times of refreshing come. And I know, let me just tell you, have you ever felt exhausted, tired? Like, oh my gosh, we got so much going on. We're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing Even on a vacation, you feel like you need to come back and take a vacation from your vacation, right? Let me tell you, the Bible says that times of refreshing in your heart and your spirit and your flesh, everything about you gets refreshed in times of repentance. You want to be refreshed? Spend time repenting with the Lord. Spend time being sincere before the Lord. Forgive each other sincerely and freely. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it talks, it's a love chapter. It talks about a lot of different ways to love. And let me tell you, one of the key ways right here that we need to underline is love keeps no record of wrongs. Because <laughs> if you forgive sincerely, when the next thing triggers, <laughs> right? You're not going to be like, and, uh, and remember when. And we just go down the list. How many don't I'm talking about? You, went, you go all of a sudden, one argument brings up 10 years of baggage. 
And all of a sudden, it, tr it triggers all the different things that you haven't worked through, that you haven't figured out, that you haven't talked through. And I'm telling you, you got to forgive sincerely so that you keep no record of wrongs. you got to really forgive. It's a deep level of forgiveness. The last one I'm going to share with you, and then I'm going to share with you why it's so important, is this. Forgive often and forgive quickly. Forgive often and forgive quickly. Matthew 18, verse 21 through 22 says this. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? And he says, up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, seven times, 70. He goes, 70 times seven, sorry. 70 times seven in one day. This is what he was talking about, one day of offenses. <laughs> you ever had somebody slap you before? You ever had somebody just spit in your face? You ever had somebody continue to offend you and call you and, and, and demean you or discourage you or dishearten you or talk trash about you? And you can hear the whispers. You can feel your ears are on fire. And you know they're talking about you. And he says, I want you to forgive them 70 times seven. 70 times seven. You got to forgive people often. We are humans. We will mess up. Even if they are your friend and they truly love you and they've got the right heart, they're still going to offend you. And let me tell you, church is the best place for this. <laughs> church is the absolute best place for offense. Why? Because your heart is vulnerable. Why? Because you, you're, you're opening your life. And let me tell you, it, it's everyone's job in here to try to steward well, treat each other well encourage each other, handle each other appropriately. Uh, when we do counseling, uh, we, 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 you do not share what somebody shares with you privately. Somebody shares with me in a private session, I, that, that'll never leave that session, ever. You want to know why? Because there's, there, there's, there's a real sincerity in the moment that says, okay, I, you, can be, you can have trust here. You can have faith here. You can, you're protected. You're safe here. That's why they call us a sanctuary. You're safe. We're not trying to offend you, but let me tell you, the church has plenty of offenses in it. Cain's chicken for one. <laughs> you have plenty of opportunity to, be, to, get, uh, to get bent out of shape, get butt hurt, whatever you want to call it. I'm telling you, a lot of people, they, they, want, to, they want to get all bent out of shape. They want to get butt hurt. That, that's their thing. I, that's not mine. And, and it, guess what? Until you own the issue, you'll never change the issue. And, and you keep handing it off as it's their fault and their fault and their fault and their fault and their fault. Guess what? You'll never change the problem. It'll always be your problem because you've handed off the authority of that problem. But when you take authority over the issue, you take authority and you're able to change it. You can't change a problem you don't own. So forgive often, forgive quickly. Uh, in fact, if you haven't heard this before, the quicker you are to forgive, the more Christ-like you are. The quicker you are to forgive, the more Christ-like you are. Jesus was nailed to a cross, looked down at the people who just moments earlier nailed him to the cross and said, forgive them for they know not what they do. The quicker you are to forgive, the more Christ-like you are. I, I'm not that quick, I'll tell you right now. It took me a good 24 hours to forgive that girl online. You know, I, I, had, I had to process. I'm like, okay, God, what do we do? How do we handle her? What are we going to do with this girl? Do we delete her post? Do we comment back? Do we fire back? Do I call everybody in the church and say, make sure you comment on this post? What, what do we do? You know, I, I, I was like, I had to process. Let me just, you got to be real. You are not Jesus. Okay. We're trying to be like Jesus. So you're going to have to process some things. 
You're going to have to go through some emotions, and you're going to have to say, how do I do this in a healthy way? Let me, talk to, let me tell you, you don't talk to the wrong people, that's for sure. Somebody who's just going to agree with you. I know a lot of people who all they want me to do is get on their argument train. All they want me to do is get on their hate train. All they want me to do is get on their, oh, yeah, let me tell you what she did. I'm going to say it again for those here and online. You have a good reason to be upset. You do. Absalom had a good reason to be offended. Jesus said, you are going to be offended, but it's what you do with the offense that defines you. He invited the offense into his home, and for two years they festered on hate and bitterness and resentment and hurt and pain. Instead of being a good brother and saying, hey, come here, I love you, let's get healing. Let's get healing. Let's get healed before the Lord. Let's, you know what, we're not, hey, we're not going to play the victim. There's a, a man in this church, his own sister was shot at a home invasion. Five years later, she said, I want to forgive them. After she had forgiven them, only a little while later, she passed away to be with the Lord. And he told me, he said, I think the Lord was waiting for her to forgive. Let me tell you, the Lord wants you to forgive. And again, it's not about their offense. It's not about justifying what they did. It's about setting you free. You don't need to be held captive anymore. And in fact, if I can just say this, I'm going to stand before you. And I'm going to say, please forgive me. You may never get an apology from that person, ever. But let me tell you, the Lord doesn't want you to live on that. He didn't want you to go through that. God wants you to overcome it. And these are the three simple ways why, and then we're going to close, is this. Number one, the number one reason why you should let this go is to release your prayers. Release your prayers. Matthew 11, verse 25, and Jesus said, when you are standing in prayer... If you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins. When you're standing in prayer, what he's warning them is don't stand before me with with unforgiveness in your heart. It's going to hinder your prayers. God's waiting for you to forgive. Normally God's sitting there. He's not. He hears you. Trust me, God's it doesn't. You don't take God's power and authority away. God still hears you. He's saying, okay, I'm going to wait. You got to forgive. You got to forgive. And then he's going to release the potential and the power and the authority in your prayer when you forgive them. When you forgive about that situation that happened to you. When you forgive that old boss. When you forgive that old employee. When you forgive that old spouse. When you forgive, you forgive, 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 forgive. Second reason why is this, to, to live unburdened. Carrying the weight of unforgiveness, the reason they call it a trap is because of the weight of it is so heavy you can't get out from underneath it. The only way you can is forgiveness. The only way you can be free is to forgive. The weight will crush you. The pit will trap you. You're not getting free any other way. And we're going to continue to think we can get ourselves free by digging further in or by going ahead and letting God take that weight off of us. Saying, you know, I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive. I've had to forgive. Let me just tell you, I carried the weight of unforgiveness for years. My sister's ex-husband abused her and and my uh, little niece and nephew. Uh, He was two years old and got hit around the living room. I was a thousand miles away, so I couldn't do anything. When I came back, I wanted to kill him. 
I didn't know what to do. For years, they, they got divorced, and I, I hated him. I had such unforgiveness in my heart. We were doing ministry one day, and I was preaching. <laughs> I love how God has a sense of humor. And he walks into the church, sits in the back row. And then at the altar call, he comes down to the front crying and weeping and asking for forgiveness. In that moment, I had a choice. I could continue to shoulder the hate and the unforgiveness and all of the bitterness and all of the resentment I had, or I could forgive and I could be free. I'm telling you, I know what you're going through. I know where you've been. I felt the pain. It is not easy. But I'm telling you, the weight that Jesus has, he says, come to me, all who are burdened and heavy laden. I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Can I help you? God isn't saying, give it to me. I know how to live your life. He's saying, please. I got this. Let me do that. Let me carry the cross. Let me do what only I can do. And you got to be able to say, okay, God, I really got to be free of this. And you're not here by chance. Let me tell you, you're looking around and you're thinking, oh, this is for somebody else. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, it's for you today. And the last thing is, is to live free like we've been talking about. Freedom belongs to the forgiven. And you'll never taste freedom while you live in unforgiveness. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me. This is an opportunity for you to receive Jesus Christ, not only as your Lord and Savior, but the, the burden lifter, the, the freer of your captivity, your salvation. And number one, if you need to be free of the trap of offense, today's your day where you get freedom. Number two, if you, if you need to receive forgiveness, today's your chance to receive forgiveness. Number three, if you need to let it go and let God you've been holding on to control and even right now you're trying to still remain in control you're not in control you're not in control and if you are it's probably pretty destructive not probably it is but when you surrender to the Lord it's amazing how great life will be number four if you forgive you need to forgive freely and sincerely. You need to forgive often and quickly. Some of us have been holding on to something for 10 years now. Some of you have been holding on to some things for months now. It's time to let it go. It's time to let it go. And then, of course, to live in freedom for our prayer, for our heart, for our life. If that's you, with nobody looking around, I want you to just raise your hand right now. This is a holy moment. Eyes are closed. Heads are bowed. This is your opportunity. Thank you for all the hands that are raised in here and hearts that are open. This is between you and the Lord, and this is your freedom now. Keep your hand up. This is your freedom. This is your freedom. This is your chance to say, okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to surrender this. I'm going to forgive. Lord, in Jesus' name, with every hand that's raised and heart that's open, God, we are going to be free today. We're going to set the captive free. We're going to heal the brokenhearted. God, we're not going to live in this anymore, God. Lord, you have brought us to a place, God, Lord, where transformation is happening. God, where you're making all things new. God, and we forgive them. If you got to say a name right now, you go ahead and whisper that name. If you got to say a situation, you just whisper that situation and say, Lord, I release it. Lord, I release them. God, Lord, I forgive them. God, Lord, for they know not what 
what they do. And Lord, I release them to you, God, that they may be gently instructed into repentance and truth into knowing you and free from the, what has held them captive by the enemy. Lord, in Jesus' name, we thank you, God. Our pride is coming down. Our will is coming down. And we're going to live a repentant life, God, Lord, with times of refreshing. Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you. We thank you. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give an opportunity for anybody to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior here or online. If that's you and you want to make Jesus Christ number one in your life, Lord of your life, and receive forgiveness from God. That's freely, freely given and ready and available because of the price that Jesus Christ paid, because of the grace that's in this place. If that's you and you want to declare Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life and receive eternity into your life, I want you to raise your hand right now. Thank you for that hand, that hand, that hand, those hands, those hands. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the hands here, the hearts here that are open, those that are online. And Lord, we're going to declare you as Lord and Savior of our life. And you're not going to pray this prayer alone. If you've got your hand raised, we're going to pray with you. Everybody in here, we're going to repeat this together. Dear Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord, as my Savior, as my Heavenly Father. I am forever yours, and I am saved. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Let's give God some praise, Covenant Church.